Hello, everybody. Hey, y'all. My name is Chris Robbins. Um, this is my beautiful bride, Sharice. We've been married for 13 years, and tonight we would like to share with you just God's story of how he worked in us and through us and just, just mercy. Um, basically, that's what this is about is mercy. So let me, let me open us in prayer, and we'll get rolling. Father God, Lord, thank you for this opportunity. Um, thank you for my wife. Um, thank you for loving us um, when we feel unlovable. And thank you for all of these people here, God, and just um, just bless this time tonight, Lord. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so I was born in Arlington, Texas, and I've lived in the Dallas area all my life. I was raised across the street from my grandparents and a few houses down from all of my aunts, uncles, and cousins. We were and still are a very close family. We went to church on Sundays, and then we never really discussed it until the next Sunday. I never saw my parents fight, and I had no idea there was a problem until one afternoon when I was about 13. They brought me into the kitchen and began to tell me um, how they still loved me, but my dad was moving out. Um, That's really all I remember about that conversation. And um, one thing that stood out was I had no idea what a divorce was, but it wouldn't be long until I understood exactly what divorce meant. My dad moved out, and my mom's new friend soon moved in. My, My relationship with my mother would never be the same, and in fact, we still don't talk today. My parents divorced when I was three, and my mom immediately remarried. I did not grow up in a church-going family. My idea of marriage was learned very early. My mom was sexually abused by her stepfather, which created much tension in my house. My parents' problems were talked about openly and to me. This gave me a very tainted view of sex and marriage. In September of 1991, my mom was sent to prison for embezzling money from the bank where she worked. Soon after that, I got married and had my first son. Um, Sharice and I met, I was about 19 years old at a mutual friend's house. Um, We were having a party, a lot of alcohol, of course. We dated for six years before we got married, and I told her if we could live together for a year, then we would get married, and we did. Um, It didn't matter that I had some some huge issues like drinking too much, selfishness, and pride, just to name a few. We got married, and I figured now that we were married, it was a fresh start. I thought we'd just sweep all the bad things under the rug and start new. Man, I was wrong. <laughs> I was drinking daily, and the things I had done to Sharice while we were dating, like frequently going to strip clubs, broken promises, and just being a selfish jerk were just as painful now that we were married. I also thought that our inter- intimacy issues and communication issues would be gone. Wrong again. I had a whole slew of expectations that were all about to be unmet. And, of course, that would all be Sharice's fault because there was nothing wrong with me. It was all her, and it was her issues. Our first two years of dating were great, but once Chris turned 21, things started to change. As he mentioned earlier, his life was spiraling out of control. Chris and I found out I was pregnant. After a lot of crying on my part and fear from Chris, we decided decided to have an abortion. All of my insecurities started to come out in a terrible way. I was angry, depressed, controlling, and just mean. Um, But at the same time, I was so scared of losing Chris. I told Sharice that I didn't want a baby and that she would basically be doing it alone. I told her that an abortion would be the best option. I had no idea the damage that decision would cause in both of our lives. My mom was released from prison after nine long months, but she did not come home. It was during this time that her addiction to pills turned into an alcohol addiction. She was never around, and when she was, it was drunken chaos. She was with men who abused her, and I just could not understand what happened to the mother I once knew. All of this made Chris very angry towards my mom. This pattern of her drinking and me rescuing her went on for several years. My mom passed away in January of 2010 
from her addiction. It was during this time that a friend from work invited me to Watermark. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. He used my mom's death to draw me closer to him. So now we can fast forward nine years and two more kids. The bottom was about to fall out. I'd been involved with other women, and I'd either told on myself to get attention, or Sharice had discovered it from a mistimed text. We were both living separate lives, just meeting at home to cohabitate in the same house and to try and raise our children. I was busy trying to prove I was a man and making sure I was off work by four so I could swing by the beer store in time to have the kids picked up by six. The only reason we didn't fight was because we didn't talk at all. People around us thought we were the perfect married couple, that we were really happy. My drinking had led to some pretty intense paranoia, and one morning I woke up before Sharice and noticed her email was open. I found some things that pushed me over the edge, and God was about to use this to show me who was in control. I confronted her with what I had found, and she began to tell me it was nothing. She was only talking with an old friend. But because of my paranoia and my recent experience with only talking with old friends, I knew exactly what this was. I told her I wanted a divorce, and I told her that I all but hated her. She said fine, and she began to find her own place to live. A couple of days went by, <clears throat> oh dear, and I began to see that this time was different than all the other times before. She was serious, and she was really leaving. Well, this caused something inside of me to scream. What? what I just couldn't figure it out. She was really leaving? How could this be? She can't leave me. Who leaves me? Right? (laughs) I begged. I cried. I pleaded. I said whatever I thought I had to, but it was too little too late. Whether or not I even knew or believed that God may exist, my marriage was something I placed higher than God. Sharice was as fed up with me as I thought I was with her. She told me I needed to get help from my drinking and that she needed time to find herself. Before she left, I was able to check myself into an intensive outpatient program that's rehab, if you want to be honest about it. And I got involved in AA. I don't like saying rehab. I don't know why. <laughs> I did not know Christ yet and turned to the only place I knew, the world. My family and friends told me horrible but well-intentioned advice. You deserve to be happy. You should throw all of her crap out in the yard. Change the lock. She's going to take your money. Move on. Someone will make you happy. On and on and on. But in AA, I met man, men who began to tell me about spirituality, and these men were sober and happy about it. Some of these men were very passionate for Christ, and so I asked them about him. I'd heard of Jesus, but thought I didn't have enough money or do enough good to get into heaven. But these guys acted a lot like me and didn't have any money at all, so I decided to vote myself out later. I was still unaware that all I had to do to be saved was accept Christ and believe he died on the cross for me. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. This was the first time in my life I was, allowed, I was allowed and comfortable talking about my struggles with lust, porn, alcohol, and lying. Up until this point in my life, I was all alone, trying to do everything by myself. I really think God used these men to start the process of me fixing me. After Sharice and I had been separated for two months, she informed me that she was going to sign a one-year lease on a new place. And all I really heard was, I hate you and I want a divorce. So with my newfound wisdom and spirituality in hand, I was going to show my wife. This was the end of us as far as I could see, and I felt really alone and helpless. So I went, I pulled some money out of a retirement account. It's going to buy me a motorcycle and get me a divorce. <laughs> God has, I'm serious. Yes. Man, my logic was sound. Good gravy. <clears throat> so I pulled, you know, uh, God had other plans. So before I met with my new attorney, I needed to stop by and pick up a few things. After I purchased those things, I was headed down the road 
to my new friend, my attorney, and he advised me, go ahead and file for divorce so that if she files, you're there first. Sounded great at the time. On my way, I hit a truck, literally. I went under the trailer of an 18-wheeler and had to be taken to the hospital. I called my wife to mention my little accident and told her not to worry. I was fine. I'd call her after I left the hospital. You see, I had no idea God was working in my life, that he had all of this under control. When I arrived at the hospital, there was my bride. She was scared and actually concerned for me, and this was something I did not expect. I saw love and fear of losing me in her eyes, and I had not seen that in a very long time. Two days later, she moved back home, and it was all roses and chocolate. No, it wasn't. (laughs) Yeah, it really wasn't. After I recovered and she knew I was going to live, our problems got worse. I was so scared she was going to leave again, and just fear was consuming me. It was all I could think about. I went from angry to smothering, and after a few months of this, I was beat. I was done. I couldn't go on like this anymore, and I was completely exhausted, and it showed. So I was going to Watermark on a regular basis, but I wasn't really feeling God changing my heart. I knew that Chris was lucky to be alive and felt like I needed to move back home, so I did. Things were still bad between us. Um, I wasn't ready to move back home, and he was smothering me. I decided Chris would be better off if I just divorced him since um, he, would, he would just be better off without me. Um, I, shared, I shared my decision with a friend um, who is now on staff at Watermark, but at the time we worked together. Her name is Lindsay Lauderdale. And she begged me, <laughs> she begged me just try re-engage. Just give it like six weeks, and if it doesn't work, then you can leave. And so I did. Um, Luke eleven ten says, For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. I will say I did not go willingly. Um, I told Chris I was not going to say anything. I didn't want anybody knowing my business. And most of all, I didn't want to say anything that might make me cry. Um, We had amazing facilitators, Dwight and Bitsy Fletcher, who made me talk. Um, (laughs) It wasn't an option. Um, In about five weeks, um, when I decided to engage, the topic was honesty. And I had not been honest with my husband. Um, I had beaten him up for several years about affairs, when I had pretty much done the same thing. It was an eye-opening experience for me. For the first time, I felt God changing my heart towards Chris and owning my part of the disaster we had created. I have to say that I was skeptical about God being able to make me want to stay married to Chris, but I can tell you the truth, he did it. Um, The rest of our experience in Reengage was amazing. God changed our hearts so much in so many ways. I learned to communicate, respect, and just love Chris through God's way of marriage. Um, God is the center of our family now. Our kids, um, family, and friends all see the amazing change in us. Um, Some people don't like the new Robbins family, um, but that's okay uh, because it just gives us peace knowing that God is the center of our life now. Um, We communicate more effectively. Um, I've learned when I need to ask for forgiveness, um, although sometimes I don't. Um, I know how to do that now and that it's okay that, that I've failed. We are both on the same page with, that's okay, with the way we live our lives and the way we raise our kids, which is really important. Um, Chris reads his Bible every morning and makes sure that me and the children all stay, you know, on task with our walk. Um, I love to serve at Watermark, re-engage, um, anything we can do, any classes we can catch up on, anything. Um, when I met Chris, neither of us, um, ever talked about going to church. We did discuss how other churches had hurt us in the past, um, and we just lived sinful lives, just thinking we couldn't be those people. 
um, Watermark's abortion ministry. Someone cares really showed me I could be forgiven by God for our decision. Um, I can tell you that no matter what your background is or what sins you have committed, there is a glorious God um, that will forgive you and change your heart. Um, You have to listen, you have to be still, you have to pray, and you have to pay attention, but he is there. Bad things will happen, but somehow it always glorifies him and brings us closer to him. Psalm 139, 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So when Sharice told me about reengage and asked me if I'd be willing to try it, I didn't really want to, but I figured I was getting a divorce anyway. So, I mean, it couldn't hurt anything. And maybe she would finally see that the problem was all her. We could fix her. I actually asked God to give me the strength and patience to wait for him to fix her. And I mean, I did. I sat right over there, and I just waited on the Husband of the Year Award. Um, oh, I got off script, and now I'm lost. I know. There you go. Yeah, there we are. There were many nights we showed up separately, and I had instructions from Sharice not to expect her to talk or to share. And I, on the other hand, will share with a light pole, and I had no problem putting our junk out there. After a few weeks of open group, we got into a closed group with the Fletchers, and God used Dwight and Bitsy to pretty much tell us how it was. I think Dwight even told us to cut the crap one time. He's going to say he didn't, but he did. (laughs) We were both selfish and treating each other like jerks. Um, They told us we could either hold on to the past for the rest of our lives or we could begin to change and forgive one another. The first eight to ten weeks of closed group were really tough, but something was happening. Sharice and I were doing the work, and God was working in our hearts and in our lives. We were talking about things that we had not ever been able to talk about and actually made some progress on fixing them. We were extending each other grace and really forgiving. For the first time in my relationship, I was seeing my wife as something special, a blessing, and not a curse. Ephesians 5.33 says, However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. The Lord was moving my heart to place him first and her second, and it was starting to show up everywhere else in my life. Like she said, I, I began reading my Bible daily, seeking the wise counsel of Christian men. I was gaining patience and humility, two things that I had really been lacking in the past. I was able to own my part of why things were the way they were, see that it was me and not her that needed fixing. And like I said, I finally realized no one was coming to bring me a husband of the decade award. I was actually praying for my wife and her well-being instead of for her demise. I began to think about how things would affect her and how I might feel if I were in those situations. My perspective was changing and so was my life. For the first time in my life, I was asking this question, how do I biblically lead my family? The old me had no clue that there was an instruction manual for life and how to live it. The Bible. I was never concerned about my relationship with Christ. I never thought to ask him for advice when I had a decision to make. I never valued my wife's opinion on those decisions before either. I never looked to the word before giving advice. I was beginning to share all of my struggles with other men at Watermark and expecting them to hold me accountable and giving them permission to tell me the truth and give me advice. I started asking myself what part I played in the situation and why I was doing what I was doing. Doing the right things for the wrong reasons is still wrong. I began to seek forgiveness and really apologize. This is something that was really a struggle for me, asking for forgiveness, because that means I actually had to admit I did something wrong and validate my dear wife's feelings. (laughs) We still wrestle with a lot of the same things today, but we handle them in a whole different way. For the first time in my adult life, there is peace in my house more nights than there is turmoil. I've quit telling Sharice what to do and started asking what she wanted to do. One of my biggest accomplishments is that I stopped doing things and expecting things in return. I still struggle with lust and dishonesty, but now I have true accountability. I have a true accountability partner, my wife. I've learned that Christ never gave up on me and that he loves me in spite of myself. God was with me all along, even when I wasn't sure he existed. All that I had to do was submit, admit that I needed Christ, and seek his will. 
I'm not alone any longer. No matter the situation, it's all right. Christ is enough. I would like to close with this. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Thank you guys for listening and allow us to share. Man, hard to know what to say after after that. You know, one one thing that struck me that I just felt the Lord saying that that um, you know somebody out there tonight just needs to know that God loves you. I mean, what He was saying at the end is just so true. I mean, God loves us in spite of us, and you know whether it's it's a past like they describe. Every one of us has a past, right? That we that we carry around with us, and Lord loves us in spite of that. And I just think of um, you know, it's like Romans five eight says, you know that um, even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, right? That's how He demonstrates His love to us. So I don't know where you are. You might not have heard recently that God loves you. You might not have heard that from anybody. There might not be anybody sitting next to you that's told you that in a while, but God does love you, and we thank you for being here tonight. You're in the right place, um, and we're just excited that you're here tonight. Thank you guys so much uh, for sharing. That was just, you know, and this, this couple, I mean, you heard their story. They're, they're now leading other couples through uh, some of the same things that they went through.